This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Hansen. Thurley Ruxton by Philip Virrell Miguels. Chapter 48 A Climax the something boyishly honest in the duke a charming quality that thoroughly had previously enjoyed beset her now as she forced him candidly resolved to win him to the plan that she felt would make for the happiness of all he was dressed as colonel of the baron's regiment von sidlitz and was splendid and good to see she found the matter difficult in the light of his repeated protestations that he would not return to Herzegotha without her, and that kingdoms were hateful in his sight. "'You see, you haven't been fair,' she said, smiling, to take away the sting, "'when you knew I was not the princess, but the merest no one in America. You treated me quite as if you had never met your fiancé, and were ready to let me think you thought you thought me she.' "'You'll admit to me now that you knew it all from the from the first. he nodded. "'And that I was your slave also from the first. she laughed at his gravity. "'But nobody wants a little cheat. "'It is true, yet everybody wants a little princess. "'But I'm not. "'But you are. "'Oh, you're wasting such a lot of time,' she declared. "'I just know.' you're ashamed of the way you're treating princess thurvinia i know that deep in your heart of hearts your sense of duty to your country cries out as love could never cry that you know you must go and you wish to go and take the princess with you as your bride i shouldn't like you in the least if you were any other way and you want me to like you a little "'Oh, God of love,' he answered, as only a tragic youth may answer. "'But surely you can like me a little for myself?' She was very much in earnest. "'Not a particle if you abandon your affianced princess, your distracted kingdom, or the nobler self I wish so much to admire. "'But I love you,' he protested. "'Is that nothing?' "'No,' she laughed. It's a nuisance to everyone but me. But the love of a man who deserts his country and his honor, oh! His sense of shame, only a little narcotized by the brilliance and appeal of her beauty, struggled in his heart. But, Princess, I am helpless, he declared. What can I do? Shake hands and say good-bye, she answered readily. Promise you'll make your genuine princess happy, and serve your land, and let me call the baron here, and tell him how greatly I admire you. The baron, he echoed. He is not here. Of course, said Thurley, I wrote him to come. I'll ask him now. Her sentence was never completed. A glare of blinding light that penetrated the window's thickest curtains flashed from without in the snowbound park. A terrifying detonation, shattering glass and rocking the house, instantly followed with a jar and a shock, as if some world disaster 
shrieks and screams from the avenue, someone's cry within the building, and a heterogeneous medley of alarms arose on the second of lull that followed the thud and impact of the explosion. Then the door was flung open, and Alice was there, wild-eyed and gasping, horrified by the dreadful things she had fully expected to discover in the room where Thoroughly had been left. "'Dearie!' she cried. "'Oh, thank God! I thought—' "'Carl!' cried a voice of the baron at his heels, and he ran in after Alice, as certain as she that here in this room a dynamite bomb had been fired. "'What was it?' cried Thoroughly, abruptly possessed of a dread that seemed to cast her back to her recent frights and perils. "'What has happened?' "'Oh!' "'I thought I should die before I could reach the door,' said Alice, pale and fearfully shaken. "'It must have been out in the street.' The Baron had hastened at once to the window. Wank had been instantly ordered outside to see what might be done. "'Ah! In the park,' said Hotchhouse, enormously relieved, and the others hastened to see. A crowd had gathered in the street below with promptness truly amazing. A swarming, excited mass of beings it was, with men swiftly running from all directions, and cabs, automobiles, and buses congregating in the dark, congested throng. It was all half-lighted only by the street lamps gleaming through the trees. In the snow of the park the Congress had its center, and Wank escaping from the turgid eddy of beings came hastening back to report. Pelavin, he said to his chief at once, and thoroughly nearly sank where she stood. Some way the creature with a gas-pipe engine of death and destruction in his hand had exploded his horrible implement prematurely there at the wall of the frozen park on his way to cross the avenue and enter Alice's basement. The duke was gray as ashes. My God, what I should bring on this house, he said, and thoroughly, dimly hearing, understood. They were spared a detailed account of the mangled form across the crowded thoroughfare, but of fright they could not be relieved. The Baron, the Duke, and Wank at length departed. Carl Wilhelm matured in his manhood and resolution suddenly by the shock to his nerves and his heart. He took the time for one long look of gravity into Thurley's eyes, while her fearless gaze met his own. "'You have already taught me my duty, believe me,' he said, his face strangely hardened at that of a man. "'I trust I shall always merit a little of your admiration, Princess Thurley.' He raised his hand to his lips, kissed it, reverently and retreated backward from the room late that night when thoroughly looked down on the avenue and park at last once more deserted only a great gapping orifice where snow and earth and rock had been marked the spot of pelavin's last venture then alice came in still white and quaking dressed for retiring but too disturbed for bed "'Dear child, dear child,' she said as she came and took her princess in her arms. "'No more of my innocent game. I release you from every single promise.' 
thoroughly looked at her unwinkingly, afraid it meant that, the game being done, she was due to be dismissed and returned. Hence she had come. "'No more,' she said. "'You—you you won't need me any longer?' "'For heaven's sakes, dearie, what do you mean?' demanded Alice, equally disturbed. "'Need you?' I never needed anyone so much in all my life. I simply intended to release you from all the foolish agreements I exacted. I realized the dangers I have plunged you in. I realized how selfish I should be after all you've undergone to deny you the slightest speck of happiness. That's all. If you wish to marry Acton Gaylord Alice, cried thoroughly, all but ready to laugh, despite the tragic outcome of the evening. Mary Acton Gaylord? Well, you lent him your money, and, oh, I'll get it all back and return it to you gladly, interrupted Thurley, who had troubled her mind without respite over all the things she'd done. I didn't realize it was not really mine to give. I wanted him to beat the Count, and he did. I acted impulsively, of course, I know, but I'll surely restore every cent I used, and thoroughly, Ruxton, what are you talking about, you silly little thing, demanded Alice, unable to let her continue further. That money was just as much yours as the hair on your head. You ought to be spanked to treat me so. But with tears in her eyes, she clasped the girl against her breast, and strained her there with all her strength. "'You know that I love you. "'You know I approve of every single thing you've done at last. "'If you wish to marry Mr. Gaylord, I know that some way he must be splendid.' "'But I don't,' objected Thurley. "'I don't see why you ever thought I could.' "'Alice pushed herself away and looked her squarely in the eyes. "'I'm a kitten under nine days old,' she said. "'Maybe you'd rather not marry anyone at all.' thoroughly suddenly crimsoned, but the light in her eyes increased. I admit it would have been awfully sweet to let Robley ask me, riding that morning in the snow, she said, but I wanted to keep the promise made to you. Alice's eyes were abruptly brimming. You poor, dear, darling little girl, she said, attempting to laugh, but achieving something nearer to a sob. Let me call him up on the phone. End of chapter 48